I'm Shannon. I'm Mark. And this is Dirt Sailor, the podcast. You can find us on Podbean, Apple, and Spotify. We also have Facebook and Instagram pages under Dirt Sailor Podcast. Happy Throat Punch Thursday. Well, happy Throat Punch Thursday. How are you doing on this fine day? Doing pretty good. So, California, these last couple of weeks, we have gotten drenched. We have, and I don't think we're done yet. No, not with this season, for sure. Two inches away from hitting our total for the entire season. And it's only January. It's only January. But something that I I find interesting is looking into historical facts. And one, for California, Oregon, and Nevada, did you know there was a great flood of 1862. 1862 would be prior to the mass quantities of automobiles and global warming. It would be. But from December 1861 to January 1862, there were continuous weeks of rains and snows in the high elevations and then that just led to this massive, massive flood. And it also ultimately ended up including Washington, Idaho, Arizona, New Mexico, Baja, California, Sonora, Mexico. And it caused $100 million in 1861 dollars, $100 million in property damage. That would be billions now. It would be three point one billion dollars in damage by today's monetary standards by today's money worth well you know it was interesting i heard a little story today that the experts in california are talking about drought and all the rain we've had and that we really need to consider additional storage oh yes water storage yeah to help mitigate years when it doesn't rain. Yes, and so what has happened over all of these years of denying Californians the ability to have water storage, whether it's local, statewide, or even individuals who wish to store their own water because you can't do a rain catchment system in California. So instead, we let all of this water run off to the ocean. Anything that we didn't already have the ability to store. So with the lakes the dams that have already created the lakes that we have and the water system that we have, we are letting everything else go off into the ocean. Wasn't that crazy that the number one resource that a human cannot survive without is water? So if we're going to continue to allow the population to increase, not just in California but across the U.S., then we must capture what? Capture the water. Water. Utilize it well. If the environmentalists are so concerned about us digging big holes and putting concrete doors in front of them, then they need to allow us to do what? Use the ocean and desal. Because you can't have the you can't have it both ways. It'd be nice to have the best of both worlds, but it's number one, not practical. And not possible. 
or we shut the borders down, we let the old folks die, and then we try to mitigate the increase in water usage by population control. That would be one way to do it is to control the factors that you can control, which is to not allow people to immigrate. That is a factor you can control. Whether you do or don't believe in it, it is still a factor that you can control. But as you noted early on in this discussion is droughts are proof of climate change. Floods are proof of climate change. Rain is proof of climate change. No rain is proof of climate change. This type of weather system is proof of climate change. That weather system not existing that year is proof of climate change. Every single thing is proof. So you can never be wrong if everything is proof of climate change. So I wonder if all these climate folks all have smartphones. And if they're perfectly content with the big holes that we're digging in Africa and Sudan and other places to create these devices and the lithium batteries for our electric cars. Oh, that is really interesting that you bring up our our lithium digging ways because did you know? Oh, did you know? In Nevada, the Biden administration has announced a conditional approval of a $700 million loan for a Nevada lithium mine. Spool it up. Let's go. <laughs> so what I want to know is in a world, in a capitalistic world, which is mostly-ish what the United States is, if California has come out and said, we are doing away with having new gas-powered vehicles, unless they're government vehicles, but newer ga- new gas-powered vehicles will no longer be sold in the state of California after insert their newest specific year. They may or may not change it. So I think by 2035, all new cars that are sold in the state of California will have to be an electric vehicle. Other states are going with the same thing. They have said they want more electric vehicles. They're putting in the infrastructure for quick charge stations. So that way you can drive from station to station, recharge, and keep going across the United States. So if we've already made a market for this product, which is lithium, which is needed in the cars, if the market already exists and the market is expanding to a very big degree, especially with California saying no new cars in in California will be um, anything but electric for all of the regular folk. And we buy cars every, you know, five years or releasing them every three years. So new cars are our way of life. How do we have a case where we need to have another loan to another something related to electric company because we had several of them that got hundreds of millions of dollars that immediately turned around and went bankrupt. And they failed, but the executives did not fail. They walked away with millions. Yeah. So we already, we already see a market for lithium, whether we like the way the ground is being treated and how, how we're doing this, there is already a huge market for it. Why are we giving hundreds of millions of dollars to a company that already has big market space, already has commitments, by the way, from Ford and Toyota, already has the commitment. Why do you need 
a government loan. Can I say it? Go ahead. Quid. Pro. Quo. Joe. <laughs> Prayed quo. Quid pro quo Joe. Yes, and it doesn't matter if they do another lithium mine anyway, whether they pay for it or the government gives them a loan if you don't have the cobalt and other items to help calm down the battery so they're not so volatile. doesn't matter. You can mine all the lithium you want. You're not going to do anything with it. And if uh, China and Taiwan go toe-to-toe for a little bit and China takes over Taiwan, all of this is going to be a moot point because they control about 90% of the processors. And that means that China will control almost 100% of them. Just thought I'd bring that simple little fact up. That's an interesting fact to bring up. And there's so much I want to talk about today, I don't even know where to fire off and go. I guess I'll start with classified or unclassified through top secret. And then there's one more layer above top secret. So there are some that are compartmentalized after you reach top secret. Yes. And that's what they're called, compartmentalized documents. So we've had an issue with our current president. And his inability to turn documents back in or whatever the case may be, we will never know because it appears since they found out prior to the midterm election, they were already sanitizing those documents. The ones that were turned in, I guarantee you, were the ones that were not shredded. This is a calculated move. They were anticipating the Republicans winning at least the house and all these investigations starting on him and his son and his brother. Well, we get to January 20th or January 21st. Kamala Harris becomes president. She could have up to 10 years after that. If she is installed as president any day after the two year mark for Joe Biden, she gets two full terms after that. If she is installed A day before the two-year mark, she can only do one full term after that. Right. Which, how many times do we have to do this roundy round with these documents and this sort of crap from Washington, D.C.? What I want to know is the National Archives. Were these documents ever turned over to the National Archives from the get-go? So they're saying no, that they... What it sounds like to me is they didn't even know these documents existed until someone told them these documents existed. It's kind of how they were going out there and saying why they didn't have a record of needing to get these documents back from him. So question then, who polices these folks as they're representing the country for four or eight years. It's on your honor. Well, it's apparent that there's no such thing as the honor system amongst thieves in D.C. I would agree with that. Therefore, the National Archives, because, let me throw this out here at you, because I've had a clearance before, not in a long, 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 long time. I don't know much about it. What I do know is some of those classified documents don't need to be classified. It's all hooey in my opinion, the ones that do need to be classified, nuclear secrets and that sort of thing that do go to the archives. Who vets the vetters? Who gives the National Archive folks their clearances? Who are they? 
How so, many of them are they? Are there? So I don't know about the National Archives, but when I worked for the the Department of Homeland Security, our um, our people were independent contractors that were hired out to do these background checks on us. So we'd have the person get our file, everything that we said about ourselves, because you're supposed to list like what high school you graduated from, if you were over the age of 18, or you know what you did for the last so many years of education, who your neighbors were. And in fact, fun story, when I was living in Orange County, they were doing my five-year reinvestigation, and they went and knocked and talked with my neighbors to see if I you know, was wild and crazy and maybe drug dealer or whatever they do to check your background. And then I pull up in my car and get out of my car in the driveway and the neighbor just marches across the lawn. What country are you from? Like, uh, here. And she said, well, I had someone come and knock on my door and I thought you were foreign. Like I thought you were from another country and they were investigating you. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm not. But I mean, that's just a little fun side thing. Right. But the, it is an independent contractor in this particular case. It was not somebody who directly was hired by the Department of Homeland Security. Now, it's a potential over there that they have specific government employees whose job it is to go investigate the background and, author, you know, say this person looks like they would, they should get a, they should get you know, XYZ clearance, a secret clearance, top secret clearance, SCI, whatever the case may be. But one of the things that I found interesting on this whole debacle is the civilians, like the lawyers working for Biden and the Biden group, went hunting for more, this is a claim, for more classified documents. And then once they found a classified document in a particular location, they quit looking, called the DOJ, and then had someone with a clearance come out and continue looking. So they only saw the one document. So when release number three and release number four came out, it was really in the same area for numbers two and three. It's just that the person quit looking when they found the one, and then the person continued looking in the pile and found several other classified documents in the same pile. So it really was all out of, arising out of the same Batch. Well, it's so interesting <laughs> that the original ones were found at his little... His think tank. His little think tank office complex in the closet. Well, if they've been in the closet for five, six, seven years, what were they looking for? Why was that particular person in the closet? What were they looking for? A broom? A mop? And, and just happened to look down and said, oh my God, that says confidential on it. I better open it up and look at the first page. Oh, I've looked at the first page. Now, from that point forward, and I'm sure others have said this, that is potentially a crime scene. Well, that's a spillage. Yes, it <laughs> should have been locked. The National Archives should have been notified. DOJ, which DOJ should have notified the FBI, which the FBI, not more attorneys, should then, in fact, went over there and looked at that and figured this all out. How do you go from you're in an office complex in a closet to my garage next to my Corvette? Next to it's my okay. Corvette. And as a matter of fact, as of the last few hours, they have found more documents in the house in one of the rooms. That's why I say 
they've known about this. They have been cleansing whatever vernacular term, whatever phrase you want to use. They were sifting through the documents, deciding what would provide them with the most coverage and the least damage. They kept those documents, and I guarantee you they shredded, burned, buried, uh, took out to sea, whatever, with the remainder of those documents. So something that has been discussed amongst some of my friends, some political types, et cetera, is that Trump was a president when he took his documents. And then Biden was a vice president when he took his documents. Clinton was a secretary of state when she took her documents. Mind you, they all appeared in Clinton's case to be electronic documents. But nonetheless, she still had documents that were classified on her private server. So you have a president who they say he has the authority to declassify, but there's some argument on that on whether he actually could or couldn't just say, I declassify you and it's declassified because that was one of his arguments. But you have three individuals, two of them for sure were under investigation And in fact, when they asked Clinton to turn over her server, her lawyers went through and said, these are the ones that are relevant to what you're asking for. And they said, no, that's not how this works. You turn over everything and then we decide what's relevant and what's irrelevant. And then we'll get rid of the irrelevant stuff. And they basically said, nope, and deleted everything, wiped out the hard drive, And then they said, oh, I guess there's nothing more for us to investigate. Everything's gone now. So if they were to go through, if Biden were to shred it all and Trump were to have shred it all, do you think they would have treated it as the exact same situation? We're asking you for these documents. Nope, stick in a shredder. I don't believe they would ever treat these two guys the same. Let me back up just a little bit, though. I looked at a lot of stuff today. I looked at 18 U.S. Code 1924 as it relates to unauthorized removal and retention of classified documents or materials. I looked at the five different types of um, classifications, and there's actually six because there's a controlled, unclassified, a public trust position, confidential, secret, top secret, and compartmented. Yeah, so they sometimes call it SCI, sensitive compartmentalized information, sensitive compartmented information. You'll hear yes, all different you'll hear kinds all of different way. kinds. Well, there's multiple CFRs and U.S. code as it relates to classified material. And going as far back as December 29th of 2009, uh, President Barack Obama signed an executive order, which was 13526, which was to make more information available, declassify some stuff quicker, so you could have that public government relationship, which is what a representative republic is. So like a public trust. like The the public will trust you more because you're getting to the truth faster, or you're releasing the truth faster. But within Executive Order 13526, they put a lot of caveats that you can't look at this, we can't show you that, we can't show you this because it's national security, blah, blah, blah. So it basically takes it back to need to know, right to know. If you're read in, we'll give you one page that has uh, four sentences and everything else is redacted. 
We need to get to a point where a lot of this stuff doesn't need to be classified. It doesn't need to be confidential because they do that strictly to protect themselves, in my opinion. The only thing that we need to focus on is our nuclear secrets and things of that nature. Okay. All this stuff is overseen by the National Archives, which the head person or National Archivist is U.S. appointed by the President of the United States. And they're basically an independent federal agency acting at the behest of the federal government. And we have an acting one right now because the previous one who was there for 10 years just retired. It's now a lady that's been there since around 1999. And they all, I looked up the 14 or 15 that are the core management group, which are the lawyers, the directors, the VPs, because it's set up basically like a corporation. Um, they're all very smart people. And I don't know how so many smart people together in one group can allow so many of these things to happen all the time. You have people going into the National Archives, which was during the Clinton era, Bill Clinton. And I can't remember the, the gentleman's name. I should have looked it up today. I want to say Scooter Libby, but I'm unsure. He put documents down his pants and actually carried them out of the National Archives. You have presidents going all the way back, six presidency, or not six presidencies, but six presidents who have been known to take documents home. Even during Nixon, when there was a rift there, there was a bunch of documents that ended up finding their way to somebody's house so they could be shredded back then. So this is nothing new. And hold one second so I can get to Hillary Clinton. So Senator Grassley, does that name ring a bell? Yes, it does. So he was running a committee when he was in charge, when the Republicans were in charge. And so the... During the Hillary scandal, which you were talking about a few minutes ago, the State Department had finished an internal investigation and found that there was 91 violations attributed to 38 individuals. They were all punished. Additionally, there was 497 other violations found but they couldn't put a blame on any one individual, so there were no prosecutions, suspensions, firings, or loss of clearances for that. Okay. Main reason being that Hillary had a server off-site, which was bleach-bitted, even though they recovered a lot of the documents, they could not tell, or they did not want to go after who the culprits were. But she had 31 thousand emails documents top secret and higher than that yeah so with clinton she decided to run her own clinton mail on its own server and then do government work off of her own email and email server and people knew it because they were emailing her email so if you don't email at dot gov then it, you know that it's not a government approved email and state department would have been state.gov but people emailed her so any person who sent a classified document to her should have been in trouble and then anytime she didn't report it or she sent something with a classified marking she should have been in trouble as well 
But instead, they're not going to go after the top, top people. They almost never do. But to jump to your your uh, Scooter Libby. Yeah, it was not him. Huh. Go ahead. Oh, Scooter Libby was, um, he was convicted for lying to a grand jury and obstructing justice in a case that involved leaking the identity of Valerie Plame. Valerie Plame, former FBI yes. or CIA. Former CIA. Uh, CIA agent. And he was sentenced to 30 months in prison. And then George W. Bush commuted that sentence, saying that it was excessive, but didn't issue a pardon. And then actually Trump pardoned Scooter Libby. So it was Sandy Berger. Oh, Sandy Berger. Who carried documents out in his uh, panties. In his pantaloons. In his pantaloons. And nothing was done to him either. And they knew because they had him on surveillance video that he had actually checked the documents out, went into the secure room, shoved them down his clothes, closed the binder, handed the binder back, and walked out the building. And that was related to something directly that Bill Clinton had done. So I do want to mention something about Bill Clinton, but it is a complete, it's a different topic. I want to uh, go back, though, to Hunter Biden and Biden, President Biden's house. So his house in Wilmington, Delaware, was the one where they found the classified documents next to the Corvette and apparently in other locations now in the house. It turns out that Hunter Biden submitted a background screening request and he, during this background screening request, um, he indicated that he lived at the home, the, the Delaware home, and that his monthly rent was $49,910. Yeah, and him and Joe couldn't even get that number right. Nope. But if that number was correct and he was renting for $50,000 a month, he was paying $600,000 a year on a house that's arguably worth $2 million. So after four years of paying that rent, he would have owned that home outright and paid interest. I mean, he, it would have been well to the favor. So well, go ahead. if you're paying that much rent to your dad, or if it's his home or is it your home, whichever way that's going, but $50,000 a month. Do you think that maybe that's how they moved some of these funds around? Absolutely, they're laundering money. That had a big. That whole house was a laundry basket. It was a way for them to push money. The washer, around. a dryer, yeah. and the laundry and, basket, and the basket all in one. See, these guys are smooth, but they've been caught. And if somebody with some stones there in D.C. would pursue this, this would be the largest scandal in U.S. history. And they could take that entire family down. And they know it. The Biden crime family? Yes. The Biden syndicate. They know it, for sure. Yeah, but instead, those who are there to cover for, for Biden, Hunter Biden and Joe Biden, are saying that the Republicans deciding to investigate this scandal is just plain politics. That there's no reason to investigate the the classified documents. And I, you know what, I, a smidge, I agree in the sense that a special counsel was just appointed to do the investigation. So they're going to run these side-by-side investigations. 
and it kind of feels like a waste of time and money. Like let the let the investigation come out and see what they say, and then I guess they're worried that if it goes two years, they might lose control after that. You know how easy it is to fix, since it's Biden and it's his documents, and he's now a president. Declassify them. Don't redact them. Give them to a news outlet so everybody in America can see them and read them. Say, see, I told you, there's nothing here to see. Problem is, 18 U.S.C. Code 1924 and all the other codes say nothing about whether it's one half of a document, one document, 100 or 500. It says unauthorized removal and retention of classified documents. It does not say that because Trump potentially had 300, and now we don't know how many Biden has because they keep just miraculously appearing. So whether it's one or a thousand or a hundred thousand, they both broke code. And it's punishable by what? A year or less in prison or a fine. Okay, but since it's not treason... Unless you charge him with an act of treason, we can't go after a sitting president, but for like a very few things they could have. See, I I think Nixon should have just waited it out because of how long all of the investigations take. He probably could have pushed it out and just waited it out. Maybe I'm wrong on that. Maybe I'm misreading it because, yes, they're going to do investigations, but they take a year, two years. Look at the Trump-Russia collusion. It was five years deep before it you know, came to the conclusion that, oh, by the way, it was all a hoax. The interesting thing is that the special counsel they appointed to look at Biden is a Republican or a rhino, and he was part of the pro-Russia collusion. Okay, so he's going to find that he did nothing wrong. That's why when they say independent counsel, they need to go to, like, Hong Kong and pick a lawyer there in a group and have them come do a true independent investigation and audit. Someone who's never donated money to a political party or absolutely not currently working for the sitting president. Absolutely. And I'm not, this is a, a, um, not a bagging on a blind person. It would be more beneficial if the person was blind. That way they could not see either side. All they could do was read the evidence listen to their investigators, and go from there. Problem is, our our D.C. system is so corrupt and it's so deep, and them pegging it the way Trump did with this uh, deep state and all that, it's, it's terrible. Absolutely terrible. And it sucks that we're just going to get the next repetitive thing. So when, when Biden's out of office, the next guy or lady comes in, That person's going to have dirty laundry, so they're going to look into them, and it's going to waste millions of dollars while people are living in the street. People are dying of fentanyl overdoses. We're being overrun at our southern border. China is systematically taking control of areas all around the world right now. You know, and uh, that's going to be our next adversary, even though I've listened to experts say we could crush them non-militarily, monetarily-wise, anytime we wanted to. So Why just not pay our debts? Since was, they own so much that, of them? That was one thing. 
But you look at Biden and you look at how he was hidden in a closet before he ran or while he was running for president. Yeah, I think it was a basement, but we'll go with closet. Same difference. Basement is a big closet, so just for storage. Yep. So going all the way back to when he ran for president the very first time and before that when he was running for senator. He got into a confrontation with some reporters where he was talking about how smart he was in his education. He's so much smarter than you, you dummy type of situation. We basically told him all that he had gotten a full-ride scholarship to law school and that he was the top of his class. And then he realized he didn't like law school, so he started to falter and he went down to the bottom of his class. But then he got his proverbial S together. together. Yeah. And then he went back to the top of his class. And when he left the college, he had three degrees. Three. Well, come to find out, another group of reporters did an independent audit. And the truth is, he had a very partial scholarship. He finished around 78th out of 84 students. He came out of there with one degree. And he was found to be nothing more than a plagiarizer because he was getting failing grades on some of his paperwork because he was copying other people's work that had already been done. Basically, the same pattern of what he's done the entire time he's been in public office. Yeah, he's got, and not just with that, but he's gotten caught over year after year after year on fudging information, fudging the truth, stuff that you can go back and look at. So whether he graduated with multiple degrees, not true. Top of his class, not true. That he um, was arrested while protesting for civil rights, not true. He was a, and then he would make up a new job that he had. He was a truck driver. He was an athlete that got a full scholarship appointment to a military academy and then decided not to go to it, which is not true. He was never appointed. Um, And just over and over again, he gets caught in lie after lie after lie, but yet we're just supposed to turn a blind eye. He's just an old man embellishing his life. Well, when he first started embellishing, he was 40 years old. So, And the Democratic Party thought he was going to be the next upcoming and rising star because they had just been thumped twice by Reagan. And come to find out, he could talk the talk, but he couldn't walk the walk because... He was a good orator, but he had no compass, no direction, and he was known as a hothead. And if you look at him now, he's not a good orator. And as far as him being a hothead, if somebody asks him a tough question, he just starts insulting people. You lion, dog face, pony soldier, and whatever that's supposed to mean. And just any time you question him, much like we question Obama, much like people question Trump, And you should. You should question the people that want to lead the country. He would just start with the insults. I'm smarter than you. Insert a bunch of lies here how he's smarter than you. And then dive in for insults. Well, I liked his line he used here recently that the documents that he had in his garage by his Corvette were protected because the garage was locked. What just happened recently to our sitting Speaker of the House's husband? His house got broken into, and And he was attacked. He was attacked, which I wonder if there's cameras there at his home. So we should ask for all the cameras like they did at Mar-a-Lago. Oh, but it's his private home, so why would we give up the president's pictures of his private home? 
I mean, I understand you're doing. Oh, that. I know. Yeah, it's just. But, well, they said oh, people have started asking, "Can we see your visitor logs?" Because you've been there, you've invited people to go there. He has spent what is it, fifty four plus weekends at his private residence. Now, was it specifically this one or one of his others? I'm not sure. But any visitor logs to that home. And they have said the president does not keep visitor logs to his private residence. So we don't know how long those documents have been there and who has gone there during his time that he was president. I know you wouldn't keep logs as a private resident. But the... Vice president is not afforded secret service once they leave office. They get it for like six months after, and then after that they don't. The president's the one that gets secret service for the rest of their life. So after six months, his house would have been unprotected unless he had some sort of private security. Well, now that he's gone there on vacation or gone home for the weekends as president... The Secret Service leadership has said they're not vetting people either or keeping a list. Because it's his private home. Yeah, but you mean to tell me that he is so safe and secure there, they know 100% of the people that are coming over, and they don't mentally take notes of who's coming and going and who's visiting? So they're not doing a very good job if they say, oh, when he's at home, we don't protect him. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> point taken. Don't you think if somebody shows up with a Ukrainian accent or something, they might want to say, okay, who is this? Don't recognize him. I would believe that outside the building in one of those vans that are watching, they probably have um, identification type software and machines that they can identify who somebody is coming down the street. See, I don't believe any of this for one second he doesn't keep a um not a diary but a um a calendar with yes i'm expecting bob smith joe smith and mark smith so they're expected today you're telling me there's no record at all and they're just like well we don't know who's coming so we can let anyone in right now well i know i'd never probably never become president but had i known that public servants were able to go to D.C. and make this much money and own this many homes. You're in the wrong business. I definitely was in the wrong business. Let's hang on to the documents just for a minute. Because I also looked up how many normal people have had documents that they've taken, whether they've tried to sell them or not, and have gotten pretty good extensive prison sentences and loss of job loss of pensions. There was a defense contractor who ended up spending time in prison because she was working on her thesis. She was working abroad and she took a classified document to the hotel as part of her whatever work. And then she took it to, I want to say a party or somebody, they were at her apartment or hotel and saw the classification marking and turned her in. And she ended up getting prison time. There was another lady who was a contractor who ended up getting four years in prison because she talked to a news media outlet about something that was happening. She was a whistleblower type person. And she ended up getting four years in prison. Sailor, submarine, takes five pictures. They were deemed classified. I guess the galley when they're cooking ribeyes is classified steaks. 
he was supposed to stay in prison for a couple years, but I believe he only did either six months or one year of the sentence. So, and then there's story after story after story of whistleblowers. And I'm not talking about the ones that steal it to sell it to other countries. They deserve 100% of what they get. And to me, that should be death penalty. But then you have somebody like Snowden who takes thousands of items and now he's a, a Russian operative pretty much. So I, I just wanted to add that to the mix. Okay, so real quick, did you know that Biden has claimed that he used to drive an 18-wheeler? I have, I did. And the truth is that he rode in an 18-wheeler once 50 years ago? Yeah, I'd like to say I was with him, but I'd only been 10 years old. So then Biden has also claimed that he spoke to the inventor of insulin. Really? Yes. But the truth is multiple scientists are credited with discovering insulin and two of them died before Biden was born and there's no evidence that Biden had met the others. He claimed once that, or he's claimed multiple times that his house burned down with my wife in it and we almost lost a couple of firefighters. Really? Yes, but in 2005, there was a small kitchen fire that was contained to the kitchen and there were no injuries reported. Biden claimed he was raised in a Puerto Rican community of Delaware, and there's no evidence of that. Um, in 1970, only 2,154 people, or 0.39% of the state population, were of Puerto Rican descent. But he's also claimed that he was raised in a black church. Um, he's remembered spending time and going to the Tree of Life synagogue after the 2018 shooting, but... The synagogue has said that Biden has never visited. Biden claimed he served as a liaison to Israeli prime minister um, during the Six-Day War. Biden was in law school during the war, and the person that he claimed was the prime minister wasn't even the prime minister during the time he claimed, which was during the Six-Day War. And it, it goes on on his, his lies. Oh, it's... And mistruths. Dozens upon dozens. And that makes you wonder, does 50% of the population that voted for him know that? And if they did, would they care? Because this is a guy that has no moral compass either. You know, you're failing to throw out some other stuff about him as well that isn't so nice. And I guarantee you probably knows Epstein too. But anyway... He's Epstein's BFF. Him, him and Epstein used to hang out with Bill Clinton. I, I just don't understand how people can continually vote for these people. Yeah, so something we actually talked about on one of Biden's lives a few episodes back um, was that Biden said after he was elected VP, he awarded his uncle Frank with a Purple Heart. Yes. Um, but Biden's uncle, who was not a Purple Heart recipient, died in 1999, and Biden was not VP until 2008. Uh, Biden claimed that he hit a ball 368 feet off the wall at his second congressional baseball game. Biden actually went 0-2, according to the 1974 newspaper article. So something as simple as a baseball stat for a congressional baseball game. He has to give that that. Fib, that lie, that untruth. So is that narcissism at its finest? I would say so. At its finest. Not only that, he was an all-American football player, too. Well, he is American, right? So that would make him all-American. And if he played football, there you go. Yes. And if he played football, there you go. 
one thing we talked about, I believe it was last week, which I want to kind of dive into a little more, is reparations for African Americans. Let's start out by saying, from me and from you, slavery was reprehensible. 100%. However, I do not believe that folks in California, especially in the Bay Area, since there is a committee, it's called the San Francisco Advisory Committee, they want to give long-term residents in the Bay Area $5 million each and relieve them of all debt. To be eligible for the program, the participant must be 18 years old and have identified as black or African-American based on public documents. They must have lived there for 10 years. They must also prove at least two of eight other criteria. One, they were born in San Francisco between 1940 and 1996, and they have to prove residency in the Bay Area for at least 13 years. So I guess 13 years of PG&E bills will... Yeah, okay, so through 1996, but anyone born in 96 is already over the age of 18. So if you had to have lived there between 1940 and 1996, you're not going to be 18 years old. What they're saying, what they're saying is... Are they trying to get like the historical... um. Like the historical marker your family must be from San Francisco? That, and they're saying that any other thing that may have caused you any strife because of slavery, bigotry, an ability to not get a job, if you were slighted in school, if you ever called a word, a phrase, um, you can become eligible. So it also calls, rule they're asking for this money, to for the city to supplement low-income recipients. But if you just got $5 million, you're not low-income anymore. Well, this is other folks. This oh, is who just don't qualify. Low, low-income people who don't qualify. Okay, okay sorry. Previous, okay, yes. I was going to say, if you got $5 million, so you're they not low-income. So they want to pay them based on AMI, which is what the value there is to sustain living. And they feel that number is $97,000 annually, and they want that paid for 250 years. I ain't making it up. You can read it. Well, here's a, one problem with that. Right now. You're so dumb. Right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. San Francisco is expecting a deficit of $728 million over the next two years. Okay, so we just throw out some pie-in-the-sky number. Like, you owe me, you know, this money, so let, let's just go with... Okay, uh, one, you said from 1940 to 1996. Nobody who lived there between 1940 and 1996 was a slave. They didn't move and become a free slave. There was not slavery. Now, was there, um, we had segregation. We had different things that played a role, especially in the South, that were, again, reprehensible. We had... Kind of a, a, it wasn't slavery, but it was just a, a way to continue slavery, which is if people were in trouble for a crime and they were poor, especially in the South, Alabama, Mississippi, even in Florida, Georgia, they would get arrested. Then they would basically do a debtor's prison thing where they got assigned to work a plantation 
out in the community to work off their debt, but the debt was always so much bigger than what the fine was initially for the crime that they, they supposedly committed. Did we have that? Yes. But again, not California and definitely not San Francisco, definitely not one of the most progressive places there is. If you're telling me that San Franciscans have had such a problem with racism and such a problem with somehow continuing oppression and slavery, they are not the liberal city that they have claimed to be for the decades they have claimed to be it. Absolutely. It's their own city father's fault for not correcting that. And yes, say that again. You can say it repeatedly. California was not, nor has it ever been, a slave state. Ever. There may have been individuals within a state that followed this crazy line of thinking for years. But like you said, they've probably been up there in the Bay Area, a progressive liberal state for 100 years, or town. So you're right. It's their own fault if that kind of nastiness continued. But it not only continued with them, right, with poor black people, Chinese. Yeah, so we had a really big problem with our railroad system and using Chinese labor. So we put out a request for people to come over to build, to be physical labor and to build our railway system. And then at one point we said, well, we don't want you, we are horrible people. We don't want you to procreate either. So only men are allowed to come to help build the railway system because we didn't want men and women living together, making babies, all of that. Uh, not so good rules, laws, and regulations we decided to do. So what I want to know, or how would we move forward with giving reparations all at once for every bad thing we did in society? And I mean every bad thing. So we did a very bad disservice to those who helped to build our railways, the, the Chinese nationals that came over to help build our railways. There's one. We owe... The um, people we put into Japanese internment camps in during World War II. There's two. If you want to say a free state needs to pay for reparations for what they did and didn't do because it didn't really exist in California, but reparations, let's do it. During the potato famine, when we were stopping Irish people from coming over and being anti-Irish, let's do it. When we started saying we how uh, World War II is going on and Hitler's going after Jewish people, but we're going to turn a blind eye to that, let's reparations for Jewish. We would need to give reparations to the entire country to a certain extent. Do you know who that was that told America to turn a blind eye? Nothing to see FDR? Here? Oh. That was John Kennedy's, I believe, grandfather yeah. oh, or yes. dad dad or grandfather because he was an ambassador but yeah i believe it was him that was sending communiques back telling america we're fine they're fine nothing to see her just don't look. now that you said that i remember i looked at my history so here's one for you so we've been systematically taking down statues across america that have anything to do with civil war or any perception of anything to do with uh, we're also taking so it, whether they picked a dollar or five million, if we then paid everybody for everything that's ever happened to them over time here in the U.S. of A., can we then have them all sign a contract 
or a statement of facts that says, okay, everybody made a mistake. You've been paid. We're putting a stake in it. This thing's put to bed. Don't ask for another dime. Don't whine. Don't complain. I think um, we'd have to do like amendment number 28 to the constitution. Yeah, we're done. We're done. We're done. Like, okay, we're, we're paying out everyone, uh, free taxes for a year. I don't know. We're paying out everyone and it ends, you know, January 1st, 2025. All right. And that's everybody. That's every ethnic group that's ever been maligned here in America. Every one of them, even ones that are not here anymore. If there is any. Kind of like the Incans and the Mayans who are gone. We just had a court case. So, segueing here. We just had a court case for one of Donald Trump's companies. They were found guilty on multiple charges of tax crimes or related criminal charges. Do you know what the fine was? I had to guess it's probably less than a million bucks or right at a million dollars. 1.61 million. Okay, less than two. still, Still in the, for a arguably billion dollar he's a multi-billion dollar man at least that's what it was said at one point and all of his companies have billions of dollars that go through them i'm sorry he his companies were found guilty how is it only 1.6 million happens all the time they do not find these people proportional to what the prosecutors are portraying within the news media because if it's a multi-billion dollar company and they cheated and they were fraudulent and they made billions, then they should be fined hundreds of millions. They should be fined all of their gain, all of all of whatever they they criminally gain hid cheating. and cheated and whatever. So I, I so this is one area I don't agree with. You found him guilty. He may appeal and that will go through the process. So if it's ever reversed, we'll revisit it. But as of now, as far as the companies are concerned. I, I just don't understand the $1.6 million. So the Idaho murderer. Yes. You and I talked about this private conversations and previous podcast. And I said, I'll bet you it was a crime of passion. I'll be darned if there isn't headlines today that the suspect discussed details about college students slaying with neighbor. And it was a crime of passion. I strongly believe, and obviously the evidence will bear it out because I've been right on COVID as well. Just saying. Just saying. Yep. That one of them put their thumb in his eye because he was persistent and wouldn't leave them alone. And he lost his noodle. And this just shows that women are not safe from men. You can't, I I don't know that it was polite or impolite turning him down but you cannot politely or impolitely turn somebody down without fear for your safety. Yep, and I hope that they find him guilty and he gets the death penalty. Yes. So it's funny that you said that you were right on um, COVID. So something that, that is slightly related to that, which huh. is um, giving your informed consent to something. Did you know... That in 1995, Bill Clinton had a news conference or a press conference in which he stated that people in universities, government hospitals, hospitals, military facilities were experimented on during medical treatments, including um, injecting people with 
really high doses of radiation without their knowing, injecting people with um, just them not even knowing what they were being injected with or being lied to about what they were being injected with and other treatments that they just withheld the information, only gave them partial information, didn't give them the full understanding. So there was a press conference. And he said that informed consent was withheld. Now, here we are, 26 to 28 years later. And I say that because the the vaccine started approximately two years ago. So between 26 and 28 years after Bill Clinton's press conference, that we are withholding information on the shot. And we are telling people that they were required to get it that it was especially experimental, and that we start gathering more data as time goes. But when people got the shot, we didn't know what we didn't know. And we forced people under threat of losing their jobs, their livelihoods, their homes, and in some cases their families for not getting the shot. And yet again, Bill Clinton having a press conference on informed consent. Now, if you don't remember... Bill Clinton talking about this. I mean, there's lots of press conferences, so not everyone's going to see them all. But the same day of this press conference, the O.J. Simpson verdict came out. So which do you think the news covered? O.J. Well, unfortunately, when I said I'm right, I don't want to be right with this thing, but I'm partially right because I'm not a scientist, biologist, none of the above, not a doctor. Just a simple guy that can count from one to a hundred. And things from the beginning for me weren't making sense and weren't adding up, especially when they started striking down these super intellectual doctors and scientists that had studied this stuff for years and knew things didn't look right. And it's so unright with some of these vaccines that Taiwan just did a study, well, which actually the study is a year more old but it's been peer-reviewed now and they just released it within the last couple weeks the fact that when the big wave of covid was hitting the death rate and i believe it was under 40s to birth was for kids was one in one million one in two million When there was zero COVID and there was vaccines in the high percentages and the second dose, cases, again, of heart problems, you know, myocarditis, all the things you can look up yourself, started becoming one in a thousand. So the vaccine, although it may have helped, there's something within it that they're finding not to be safe. And as a matter of fact, released the last couple days, the CDC has said that a preliminary COVID-19 vaccine safety signal has been identified and is now under investigation as to whether one of Pfizer's vaccines is creating an increased risk of stroke in people 65 and older. It's weird that the company, which is Pfizer, 
has said that there's nothing in their vaccine that they can see through their studies that's causing this. And the CDC is still recommending that you get a booster soon. Well, the vaccine in question is the booster and the remake for the BA4 and BA5, even though CDC and others are fully aware that it is pretty much no longer BA4 or BA5 that's rifling through the world. It's Omicron subvariant XBB1.5 that is possibly more likely to infect those who are vaccinated, according to CDC officials and New York medical officials. In New York, the XBB1.5 is now being seen in 73% of all segmented cases. And the XBB1.5 is the most transmissible of all to date. So not only is it the most transmissible of all to date, if you are vaccinated, you're more likely to be infected. Yes. Vaccinated or someone that's been vaccinated and has still had COVID. COVID, they are more likely to get it. Yes. Isn't that... Uh, and then what are they doing? They're encouraging you to get your vaccination. Why? So you'd be more likely to get this subvariant? Well, this goes back to, like you said, consent and World War II and Hitler and all the trials that were done and what... Having informed consent informed is consent. where we went with what happened during World War II. I, I can tell you one quick thing about informed consent. So I don't remember the exact year, but I do remember reading the study. The U.S. government wanted to study, we'll say the flu, a flu-type bug or a cold-type bug in the Bay Area, of all places. They took ships upwind and sprayed into the city to let people become ill and see what kind of reactions you got from them. That's one. They also went and injected... Syphilis. Now, that was at Tuskegee. Well, they did that also in the Bay Area. At oh, and, okay, sorry, yes. Places in brothels, and they studied the reactions and what was going on with that. So not, this stuff is not new. This is informed consent, non-informed consent. Our U.S. government, when they're this dark and deep, will do whatever they choose. So it happened beginning September 26, 1950. The crew of a U.S. Navy minesweeper ship spent six days spraying this, we're just going to say this contaminant, this bacterium, into the air. So that was 1950. It was called Operation Sea Spray, and it was to determine the susceptibility of a big city like San Francisco to a bioweapon attack by terrorists. And so, mind you, it wasn't just 1950. It was over many years. And it wasn't until 1969 that Nixon actually halted some of the germ warfare research. And the San Francisco experiment didn't become public knowledge until 1976. And then Bill Clinton comes out with his little press release saying that we've been doing this. And that was in 1995. And how many times do we get to hear about these experiments? Because this Pfizer, BioNTech, all of that, you can't sue if you do have a bad outcome. They are exempted from the bad outcomes. So it doesn't matter to them if, if they got it wrong. 
it would matter more to them if they could be held liable then they would be making sure that they got it right. But even in areas, they're saying, oh, no, no one gets a stroke. No one has heart problems. No one's having any problems. Everything's good. And then they go to Twitter. Then they go to Facebook. Then they go to all of these uh, social media heads. And they have been now shown, at least with Twitter and the Twitter files, that they have tried to shut down FDA people from speaking. They've tried to shut down any scientists that dissented in the methodology that they were doing, they have attempted to shut down anyone who said anything against what they were doing. Now, how is that scientifically sound? I'm going to shut everyone down who speaks out against me. Yeah, it's not science when you take away one half of the opinion. Or the ability to even look into something. We took down the ability to look into things, which is scientific inquiry itself. Which is because we've allowed these people to get too powerful. We've allowed them to get too big. See, there used to be laws where you could not become an oligopoly or own all these different companies. Because then you, as they say, become too big to fail. Or they will not let you fail because they're going to use you at some point in time in the future. Yes, so even if... We, we sometimes let people become that big and then we use them later. Or we don't think that they'll ever let us use them. And so then we just uh, shut them down from the get-go. Correct. Do you know that the military still can't get people? They still can't recruit people? People don't. They tried to go woke and they went broke. Yes. Well, now the Navy's testing alternative crewing model amid shortages, which means they're going to try to run more with less and since we almost had a uh, head-on collision, down per se, in down in San Diego, they might want to rethink that, too. How often is it good to do more with less people? Like, you, you ever think back on your job and you think, I am so glad that my work gave me the workload of two people and didn't hire anyone to help me? Well, as I know and you know, being in the Navy, they already push you to your limits. And just imagine guys and gals on an aircraft carrier that are working 16, 18, 19 hours a day for days on end. And then it's a ship of 5,000 and you take out a thousand of them and you're asked to do the same task. It's a recipe for disaster. And we are already having those disasters happen. We've seen um, ship to ship crashes, not just the one that almost happened in San Diego, but we have had them happen. And now, again, do more with less. It doesn't work out to our benefit. Running our military ragged doesn't work out to our benefit. Agreed. So keeping with the military. So one of the things, though, that the U.S. military did do well is they just recently stopped an Iranian ship trying to smuggle over 2,000 assault rifles um, from Iran to the Houthi rebels in Yemen. So I guess our U.S. Navy. Oh, our military uh, is the best, even when we're shorthanded. Even when we're running short of even people. Even when we're shorthanded, we are the best. Our president's mad at us again because we have a Second Amendment. Oh, my goodness. Oh, so I'm glad you brought that up. Yes. The government is attempting to use the ATF uh, to regulate pistol braces. 
And right now the NRA is saying that that's an unconstitutional overreach. Did you know that the pistol brace was designed for disabled people? I do. So that could be military and disabled, or that can be just a civilian who is disabled. And it was designed for disabled people. The bump stock, same thing, was designed for disabled people. They want you to have to register the brace, the pistol brace, as if it were a short-barreled rifle, which is strictly regulated. You have to register it. It's tracked. And if you have one, you have to. It's not going to be like a future registration for anyone who does it in the future. They want everyone to give it up or register it. So I'm personally tired of disabled people being punished for what able-bodied people do. I'll buy off on that. So if we started seeing wheelchairs misused by able-bodied people, would we start putting more regulations on wheelchairs? If we started seeing uh, prosthetic arms and legs misused by able-bodied people, would we start seeing that that disabled people would have to jump through more hoops just to have them? And I know it sounds like a stretch, but we are talking about a prosthesis or something that helps you to function normally in a in a normal if you will way I know normal is a terrible way I don't consider myself functioning normal when I wear my hearing aids but if it's a misused item stop punishing disabled people because able-bodied people misuse it agreed and you know the president's on his high horse again about the AR-15 the non-assault assault non-assault weapon rifle 22 whatever you want to call it. Enough's enough. It looks scary. We need and, to get rid of and it. there is a video that you can watch of someone bringing in two rifles into the halls of Congress for a subcommittee. Was it Diane Feinstein? No. Oh. It, it was one that was dressed in all black to make it look military. Oh, not the, okay. And one that was dressed in a wooden stock. To just kind of make it look rustic. Kind of, yes. Yeah. And the reply from some of the congressmen and women was, well, why don't you guys and girls just use one of those? And the person that was presenting them said, look, it's the exact same rifle. There's either something wrong with the rifle and the bullet type and the, the firepower, or there's not, which I believe that we have the right to protect ourselves. And to, we're supposed to be secure against the government, not just... It's not just as somebody breaks into your house. It's also the government doesn't give you these rights. You have these rights that the government shall not infringe. It's the other way around. And we don't need to prove ourselves to the government every time they want to tell us to jump through another hoop and prove ourselves. It's not supposed to be how it works. No, it's not. Also... As I've said a thousand times to you and 999 other folks, a weapon is an inanimate object. It does not jump out of your safe, run down the street, and just randomly start shooting at people. It's what's in the heart and mind of the person that's behind it. 
And there's so many issues in America with mental health. And I want to get into that with the, the military as well, that they're looking at this still from the wrong avenue. It, it's not the gun. Look at this young idiot that killed these four people in Idaho. What do you use? Gun? He used a knife. Used a knife. And there's a lot of knife incidents across America and hammer strikes all the time. But let's push off of that and go into our military and needing psychiatric help. Okay. So the federal government has decided since it was a law that was passed two years ago, effective in the next couple of days, all psychiatric care will be paid for by the government 100%. You do not have to go to a VA hospital. You can go to anywhere of your choice, anywhere of America. And it's awesome that this came out in the last couple of days because you just talked about this either last week or the week before that. And some veterans inability to get help because there's no clinics around. Yes. Well, now they can go. They don't have to go to a, a VA clinic. Nope. They can go wherever they want. And hit said, even if you were dishonorably discharged, you can still seek medical attention on the government free of charge. That is something that I, I readily support, and I think that we don't take mental health care seriously enough. Then I'm glad. I am glad that we are taking it to that level, that, that you can get care anywhere. Well, so yeah. if you do need care, if you are listening, no shame in the game of getting help. Well, you know, it's like a, a war movie. Pick anyone you want that's really bloody and brutal. You know, these folks in D.C., they love sending young men and women off to war. And because they don't get mud on their boots. Yes, and they don't realize that when these folks come home, all of them, I don't care who they are, 100% of them come home broken. It may take somebody a month to realize it, or it may take somebody 40 years later to finally have a mental breakdown and realize that, my God, this is what's been wrong with me the last 40 years. Right, It's how we've internalized that trauma. So trauma is the event that happened, and then it's how, after that, we dealt with it. And yes. some people have that ability that they are, you know, month later, okay, they've turned themselves around. They got, you know, started marching through it and others, it takes much, much longer. Yes. And it's a one particular stressor. It could be an electric bill that I couldn't pay for the third month in a row, or I'm going to lose my house because I, I don't have enough to make my mortgage. It could be any of those things. And the government just doesn't realize. And when I say the government, the individuals, the government is an inanimate thing as well. It's just nothing. It's an arbitrary name. Um, it's these guys and gals that send people off to war that have no clue what they're doing and how they're breaking these people when they come back. Very true. Right on. Very true. Oh, you know what? Ooh, ooh. Yes, Supreme, yes. Co Supreme Court. What about the Supreme Court? Well, we were hot on the trail of the person that Leaked the yeah. uh, Roe v. Wade draft one. And now it's just kind of... I haven't heard anything about it. Gone by the wayside. Well, we had our... If you want to look at the November 2022 midterms, because that seemed to be what it was pushing towards, let's use this draft document and then ultimate the ultimate decision to push towards a, a arguable change for who's going to be in our leadership in 2022. And depending on who you follow and how th the cards fell it either worked or didn't work 
the Republicans were supposed to have a landslide. They didn't have a landslide. Therefore, it worked out. Or it didn't work because the Democrats should have had a landslide in that they are, you know, the the biggest pro-choice proponents out there. So right after that, yeah, here we are several months later and now we're not getting our weekly, monthly, weekly updates. Yeah, it's the news media outlets, you know. They only go with what's hot to make them the most money and get them the most viewership and readership. So I'm sure we'll never know. And if we do know, doesn't matter now. Right. It's, we're, we're so far removed from that. We're beyond that now. We're on to secret classified documents. G14 classified. Yes. Okay. So something that we all know doesn't happen is voter fraud. You know it, I know it, everybody knows it. Voter fraud doesn't happen. However, the chairman of Alabama's Perry County Commission was indicted on felony and misdemeanor voter fraud charges in connection with the midterm primary and general election. And so Albert Turner Jr., who is um, son of a civil rights activist, he was charged with voting multiple times in Alabama's primary elections in the spring of 2022 and for ballot harvesting in November of 2022. So they are going after him for voting on multiple ballots and sticking ballots into a voting machine. Never happened. But it doesn't happen. Or it was it was so small it doesn't count. So one of the folks that I talked about that took a classified document she was a former reality winner. She was a contractor. She was given four years in prison for leaking classified information about a Russian attempt to pierce a Florida-based voting software company. And that's the one that went to a news media person? Yes. So even when it does happen, we're not allowed to know that it happens, and then we hide when it happens, and we prosecute and jail and all of that. Yeah, that, that sounds about right. It sounds like what we should do. And that was actually during Trump, during his term as president. Oh, so they went after her. And they actually were about the strictest from what I read on going after people that were leaking classified documents and stuff was during the Trump administration. I'm pretty sure he just viewed all of them as anti-American. Yes, and he, and like, he actually talked about her and that he was going to potentially commute her sentence. Because what Hillary Clinton had done was 10 times worse than what she did. What she did. Yes. Yeah, that's one thing that's really, I've seen throughout my years in the government is, you know, one president will take a, not, I wouldn't call Trump's approach hardline per se on immigration because all he had his leadership do was whatever the law is, enforce it. You don't like it, Congress fix it. And move on. And so that's what I did as a part of a cog in the government wheel is enforce the laws that were on the books. And then Biden gets in there and he decides he doesn't like the laws. So he tells them, stop enforcing the laws that are on the books and do what I say. And that's what Biden's doing. And which that's not what they're here to do. And that's not what they're here to do. So you look at Trump and people will say, oh, he was a hard line. He was you know, wrong on so many levels. He literally said, just follow the law. You don't like the law, change the law. And I don't think that that should be 
a wrong answer. There are many immigration laws that I 100% disagree with. And I think that on some of them, we are too harsh on individuals attempting to immigrate or individuals already here. And too soft on others. And too soft on others. Uh, Absolutely. And so I do believe that uh, immigration reform is absolutely important. But immigration reform does not mean that you let everybody in or you don't follow, you know, any set of standards. I think that we should have a set of standards and we should have a set of laws and we should be different than what we are, but not following the law because you don't like it without ever actually changing the law. That's saying I should get paid for my work without ever doing my job. That's why we're known as a nation of laws, right? So here, here's one for you. So you hop in your car, go to a bar, have a few too many drinks or one too many, according to your body type and style, and you just can't handle it. Get to an accident. Okay. Kill somebody in the, in a car you hit. Okay. Who's responsible? I am. I'm the driver. I went to a bar in this scenario. I went to a bar. You said you, right? So the yes. you is me. Yes. I went to a bar. I said, bartender, give me a beer. Give me two beers. Give me a margarita, whatever my, my choice of drink is. My, I know how much liquor that I can handle, or I think I know how much I can handle. And so I get two beers, but I down them in 30 minutes and I walk out the door. Arguably, my blood alcohol content would be above 0.08 if I took my body type, two beers, chugged them and left. Okay, so follow me. And then I get into an accident. I'm at fault. Okay, follow me in your car to the southern border. Okay. So we have president. Yes. Who, like you just said a minute ago, doesn't want to follow our laws. Okay. So our border is very porous and wide open. Yes. So fentanyl is flooding our country and killing our citizenry. Yes. As a matter of fact, today, as of today, it's the highest in Seattle it's ever been, fentanyl deaths. Okay, so that was a little side to the side. Okay, so now I'm at the southern southern border with you, and our president is there. And? Who's responsible for all these fentanyl deaths? Okay, so on one hand, you would say that the person choosing to take the fentanyl would be responsible for their own body, their body, their choice. On the other hand, if we have a set of laws, which is the federal laws say drugs are schedule one, two, three, whatever the schedule is, they're illegal, federally mandated for Border Patrol to stop the influx of people illegally coming, drugs illegally coming, and in fact, counterfeits, just to go to your side side story, counterfeits are illegal. So if somebody brings in a fake coach purse and it comes through the shipping lanes and they open up the shipping container and they know that it's a fake coach or Fendi or Prada or whoever, if it's fake, it's supposed to be seized. And that is under um, an immigration related law as well, like a border law. So if we have all these laws we're supposed to enforce, fentanyl is illegal, people crossing the border unlawfully is illegal, vehicles coming in unlawfully illegal, arguably the person who's saying let them in should be at fault. Who is that? Joe Biden. Thank you. I strongly believe, as a simple guy, that if the head cop is allowing the border to be wide open and his citizenry is dying by the thousands, 
then he or she is ultimately responsible. Therefore, when he's no longer president, you should be able to hold him to account. For his participation in the allowing of unlawful Yes, you can't stop it 100%, but it's gone up. So, yes, you can't stop at 100%, but if you're also aiding and abetting the influx of it, okay, Thank there's you. another well problem. Said. Thank you. Well said. Aiding and abetting. Great. Okay, so let's talk about jobs. Stephen jobs or careers? Careers. Okay. So if somebody could not make having a security clearance in the real world, real world meaning a government job, a government contractor working on top secret, classified, otherwise items. Do you think that we should allow them to work in an environment akin to needing a clearance? No. So apparently McCarthy has moved to remove Eric Swalwell, Adam Schiff, and Ilan Omar from congressional committees saying that in the real world, they would not be able to get security clearances. Therefore, they shouldn't be sitting on committees that would require them to have the same security clearance level. Absolutely. Stands to reason. So I just thought I'd bring that up. Yep. Especially Swalwell, Chinese spy. Yes, Chinese spy that he was in, oh, what does they call that? A honey trap. He was honey trapped. And then Ilan Omar, too many things to count. We're not going to go into it. And then Adam Schiff, who has shown that he is willing to leak whatever documents benefit him. He's been shown to contact Twitter to get people who talk about him or his coworkers. And by his coworkers, I mean his staff. If they have anything negative to say, he wants them banned on Twitter. So sometime you need to do a little research on Senator Patrick Leahy. He has publicly given up secret information and documents and never been held accountable. And he's still a U.S. senator. Where is he from? Vermont. Patrick Leahy, right? Yes. Well, it's unfortunate that Elvis's little daughter passed away here recently. Yes, it is. Heart attack, right? Yes, and I wondered, um, because she was so young, if she had a heart condition... And apparently it runs in the Presley family. However, she's been battling drug and alcohol addiction from what I understand for years. I did not know that because I don't follow her. But apparently it, the problem was exacerbated a couple of years ago when her son committed suicide. Yeah. They've gone through a lot. And they have gone through an absolute lot. I mean, your dad dying at a young age and then everything that she's gone through. Definitely Absolutely, and some people are strong in that respect, just like a lot of folks that need help seeing a psychologist and psychiatrist, and others deal with it with a crutch. So jumping back just a, a smidge to the drug problem that we're having in the United States and it impacting libraries. So in Colorado, for the second time this month, a Colorado library had to close its doors to clean up methamphetamine contamination. Wow. So I could not imagine wow. you're, you're going to the library to try to find a book or research some old newspapers or take your kids to story hour. And 
the facility's restrooms exceeded the state threshold for methamphetamine contamination. The countertops and other spaces tested positive for the drugs. Wow. And Mr. Leahy retired this year, 2023. Oh, so as of January 3rd, he's out. Yeah, and he became a senator in 1974. So he's another one of them guys that's been around forever. Old as dirt. Sorry. There's nothing wrong with... I just... And is he an independent or was he... He was a Democrat. He was a Democrat. Okay. So... there's nothing wrong with wanting to serve your country and there's nothing wrong with serving your country well for many years. But I do not understand how the party of not the old white guy has so many old white guys and gals. Cause they don't how practice do what look, they preach. How do we look past that? And anytime, anytime I see a, a young, young ish, African-American individual, they're looked over because they're not from the right party. Instead, we'll elect the old white guy. I mean, we have opportunity, and I'm not saying that it's somebody's race. No, that doesn't matter to me. But when you have an individual who looks eminently more qualified, how do you end up continually getting the oldest, whitest guy from the party that says they're anti-old white guy? I ask that to myself all the time, quite frequently. Just like when people say, well, we have to have our first black president. So Barack Obama was elected president. So, okay, what do you think that the Japanese folks in America are wondering? Okay, when are we going to have our first Japanese president? Chinese, when are we going to have our first Chinese president? Our Italian president, our Polish president, our German president. It can go on and on and on forever. Well, and we have a problem right now where we no longer see the Asian community as being a minority community because they outperform scholastically in a lot of areas. So, for instance, getting into college, the Asian American community is now placed lower than all other um, demographically similarly situated individuals. Wow. Wow. I'm trying to look at putting it the politest way possible. Basically, they're pay- they're being placed on par with white people, with Caucasian Americans. So getting into college, everybody else has a better shot, and they're actually pushed lower to the bottom. And they're not, even though they are a minority, minority community. So they're doing the very thing to them that we're about to pay African-Americans, $5 million in San Fran for the very thing they're complaining about, we're doing that. Yes. Yes, we are holding them back at opportunities. So as we know, the IRS has backlogs. And now the Republican Congress, men and women, are looking at defunding the IRS of the new hires that they were going to do. But apparently... The IRS has 10 million unprocessed tax returns from prior years. Yeah, but I like the route they're going, though. They being the Republicans because... And why is that? If you fix their software, in my opinion, you should be able to process those faster and more reliable without hiring a bunch of extra people. 
I don't know. What say you? I agree. I believe that we've moved to a certain point where if you're doing a 1040 EZ, I, I don't know the sheer numbers of people that do 1040s, but you should be able to know whether or not that social security number is popping up at 50 other places. Your software should be sufficient enough. One person, one tax return, no problem. So if that person is showing up on multiple tax returns, freeze them all. Maybe instead of processing from January to April, we say all tax returns are due by April 15th. We hold them all up. Don't pay any of them out. I know I'm not going to get a lot of love for that one. Don't pay any of them out. All of them are due April 15th. Cross match everything to make sure we don't have duplicates. And then start paying people out or collecting the money. And how about if we politically stop targeting Republicans? We can stop targeting Republicans and we can stop targeting those who are not as financially well off and cannot fight an audit. Correct. Financially. But another thing that apparently Republicans have put out there, suggested, don't know if it will get very far. Abolishing the IRS. Do you think it will happen? No. So it's not technically abolishing the IRS. The IRS will still exist. It's abolishing the income tax, which to me will make the IRS shrink. Oh, I think I just said that a few podcasts back. Let's go back to the way it was before the individual had to pay taxes. And if you want to show your real stones, have the big corporations that you always say. Pay their fair share or need to pay their fair share. Make them pay their fair share and stop spending like drunken, crazy people. And we'll have enough money within our government to suffice. Right. We weren't meant to fund everyone's pet projects. So if we take away the money source, which is our individual money source, we go back to what it was. And then we say, hey, bare minimum, like what does it take to make us function? That's where we need to be. And then maybe go slightly better than bare minimum. But we weren't supposed to be funding everybody's pet project of thought the bridge to nowhere the war in ukraine and russia let's stop funding all of these other things so i i I will say defunding the irs is not where they're going 100 percent, but it would be getting them back to that small size get them all back manageable yep abolish that income tax i like it it's a good idea And ban our governor from running for president. No, just kidding. Because the thing that we're looking at now, just going with money, is that we're at another debt ceiling. Somehow, everything that Joe Biden did for the last two years is supposed to save us oodles and oodles of money and reduce the deficit, but we've hit another debt ceiling. Weird. Well, it's kind of like going on a diet. To lose weight, you have to take in... Or expend more calories than you take in. You have to run. That's a true deficit. Yes. Yeah, and for those of you who don't know, the debt limit is the total amount of money that the United States government is authorized to borrow to meet existing obligations. So we need to quit borrowing. We need to quit going into debt. And we need to pay off our debts. 
What a novel concept. Pay your bills. Pay them on time. That's weird. Stop paying for border walls for other countries. So a a topic that we brought up last week or the week before, does Congress pay taxes in two locations or their home location or Washington? One of those three. Do they have to pay both? One or the other? So I was trying to research it, and it does appear that they pay it for their home location. But I was on Instagram, and I follow AOC, and I she had a like a and a type of thing. So I asked her, like, hey, you're a congressperson? Do you have to pay, like, state local taxes for both locations or one or the other? She didn't respond. Then she had another one. So I asked again, but I tried to rephrase it like, hey, is it like sports stars where you have to pay based on where you work or do you just pay in one location? She ignored me again. So no, no. uh, How dare her? No direct source information. But from what I could find, it appears that they pay for the area they are technically representing and not what they do in Washington. But it also appears that their salary is tied to their home location. So they pay state taxes based on the home location and not them working in D.C. That's not bad, then, I guess, even though I think they're overpaid. And they do get a $3,000 tax break for having to have two, Two two residences. But apparently that was set decades ago and it's never increased. I think that they should have, like, hostels. Who, who was our former congressman? Uh, Devin Nunez? You yeah. mean for our district? Devin yeah. Nunez. Guess where he stayed. Didn't he stay in his office? Yes. Like, the he had entire, a Murphy or a Heidebeck? The entire time he was congressman. So, I've heard pros and cons to that. Some say it's not appropriate because you may be in a state of undress and one of your employees may come in not if the door's locked right so i and i think that they have if i understand their offices correctly even the way aoc has described her office there's like a main office and then she has a secondary office for like her so somebody walking in the door would get met with a secretary or a worker they wouldn't just Open door, hey AOC. Right. A waiting room. You would have and an a, office. Yes. So then, if it's in the office, you would think that they would have a door lock, or they would have a. If my door is closed, it means you don't open it. Or like a sticky note, hey, still sleeping. I don't know how long he was a congressman. <laughs> Six, seven terms, something like that. They knew. His staff knew. So even though he's not a congressman, even more, I believe Paul Ryan did the same thing. And there were several others who did that. They stayed in their offices. And honestly, I can't blame them. I probably would have done that too, but I'm cheap and I wouldn't want to pay for two houses. But then I would also, okay, my, my kids and my husband are coming, so I'd probably do like an Airbnb or something yeah, every so often. Well, and like he always said, he was there to represent his constituents and not himself. It wasn't a beauty pageant to see who could get the nicest apartment or any of that. So one of the stories we did talk about a few weeks ago, um, the Hawaii King Air airplane that went down the medical airplane. The one they originally couldn't find? They found it. Yes. And they found the people who didn't survive. 
So they have brought the wreckage up along with the people. They're in Hawaii. And the NTSB will determine that it was pilot error, I'm sure. Uh, going out in unsafe weather conditions. Yes. And yeah, that's not going to be... No, it's not going to be good. No, but Hawaii's been having a lot going on lately. Yes, they have. They've been having 80-degree weather while we've been having 40-degree weather and rain. Not fair. No, they have rain. It's liquid sunshine. It is. So I wonder what the weather was like uh, in the 20s in Hawaii. 80? Terrible. Trade winds? So they're exempt from global warming? Yes, they are. Well... If you look at their soil erosion, they'll claim that they're not sea level rising, even though President Barack Obama bought a sea level house in Kailua, bought a sea level house at Martha's Vineyard. He'll say that erosion and climate change. Well, are see, and I have the answer to that: rising seas. You put in a bunch of desal plants. You use as much water as you possibly can, and that'll Pull those keep seas it down. level. So. One other thing on Hawaii, there was actually another plane crash, and it was on Molokai. And apparently, um, the plane crashed, and the two people on board are listed in stable condition. So that is positive news. There's a lot of tourist helicopter crashes over there as well. Yeah, this one was a um, cargo a small cargo. Probably a little caravan. Yep. So something that has happened here in California is we actually just had what appears to be a killing of a family and it is related to drug lords. So in Visalia, well, it's out of Visalia. There was a 17-year-old mother, a six-month-old baby, a grandmother, and three others who were were killed. There's at least two sus- suspects. They came in at around 3.30 in the morning to Goshen, which is just east of Visalia. And it was listed as an active multiple or active shooter because of all, all of the shots fired. They thought it was an active shooter situation. And when deputies arrived, they found two victims dead in the street, a third person in the doorway, and then they found the baby in the mother's arms. And it was a hit. It was. So they're saying that they were all headshots. So it was a it's hit. It's unfortunate that the little baby will never see yeah. life yeah. on this planet. Yeah. So unfortunately, drug problems, cartels, problem in the Central Valley. I wonder what the population is in Goshen that you would have something like that in such a small place. Because when you're traveling south to go to SoCal, it takes you about two seconds to shoot through the town on the freeway. And that's driving the speed limit. Population of Goshen is? 5,387 as of 2020. And I'm not sure if you heard, but we had another Riverside County deputy shot and killed. Yes. This time in Lake Elsinore area. Yep, something going on down there too. Let's see, it's, um, oh yeah, they're not prosecuting criminals and keeping them behind bars. And now we're trying to make all crimes non-crimes and say that, you know, people just weren't hugged enough, so it's okay. Yes. Let's keep letting them go. You know, some people were not hugged enough. 
And at some point in time, they take the wrong fork in the road. Doesn't mean you leave them in a civilized society for them to raise cane. This has been a podcast produced and edited by the Dirt Sailor Duo. Mark and Shannon are a father-daughter team who both served in the United States Navy. This production is protected by copyright laws. Until next time, anchors away.